wherever you work at, you got to refresh yourself. The business that you have right now, you got to refresh yourself. Relationship that you're in, you got to refresh yourself. The school that you're at, you got to refresh yourself. Wherever you are, no matter where you at in life, I don't care what you do, how you do it, when you do it, you got to refresh yourself. He set it up just like that. Don't get weary. You're now in tune to the Heaven Bound Broadcast with Pastor Richard D. Dobbs of Overcomers Christian Center in Villarica, Georgia. Now prepare to be empowered and equipped with the rich word of God. Heart can be defined as a seed of thoughts, passions, desires, appetites, affections, purpose, endeavors, and so forth. We can see the heart as a place where we house our desires, our feelings, our purposes, and so forth. Our heart reflects my character, my inward thoughts, my inward motivation. And in the natural world, my heart is a place that we can, that cannot be x-rayed, scanned, or examined by what is known as electrocardiogram, or ECG a medical device that shows how well our natural heart is beating. It's important that our human heart beats at a certain rhythm. If it beats too fast, it could be a sign of issues. If it beats too slow, it could be a possibly a sign of issues. If it stops beating, that's a big, real big issue. And so my heart must maintain a health, my natural heart must maintain a healthy rhythm. And a healthy God ordained heart pumps blood around the body. And this blood sends oxygen and nutrients throughout the body. This is the natural heart. It is so important naturally that we maintain a healthy heart. Now from a spiritual perspective, I believe that it is even more important that we keep a healthy heart spiritually, especially when it comes to our faults, our understanding, our desires, and our inward thoughts. See, nobody can take a natural x-ray and see what's going on on the inside of you. If my heart is constantly being filled with God's written and revealed words, my inward thoughts will generate faith, confidence, thoughts of love, peace, joy, healing, and whatever else God wants me to have. For all the promises of God in him are yes and amen. And so I must turn my heart toward that and receive what God has for me. Because I want to produce life in my spirit, soul, and body. And as a Christ-minded believer, I must work hard to keep my heart free of bitterness, jealousy, unforgiveness, lust, pride, and selfish ambition. Let's See, this less what's in my heart comes forth in my thinking, my talking, my decision-making, and my actions. Jeremiah looks at the heart and really gives us a good idea of what a heart could possibly be. Notice in just Jeremiah 17 and verse 9. Let's go to Jeremiah. If you don't mind, turn with me to the book of Jeremiah, chapter 17 and verse 9. Jeremiah 17 and verse 9. Jeremiah had a revelation from God. He saw, or the Lord showed him, what he already knows about the heart. 
God, this is no secret to God, but Jeremiah wrote what God gave him, and it's, to me, it illuminates in our thinking what a spiritual heart could, what, what could possibly be going on in a spiritual heart. I pray we pass that, but just in case we're not, we need to examine this scripture and look at ourselves when we read Jeremiah 17, verse 9 and verse 10. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? I, the Lord, search the heart. I test the mind, even to give every man according to his ways, according to the fruit of his doing. Notice when Jeremiah 17 and 9, the heart is deceitful. It is guilty of misleading others above all things. And notice, it doesn't just say wicked, but desperately wicked. It's incurable. It's evil. It's morally wrong. Who can know it? God can know God can know God can know your heart. And I appreciate God knowing my heart because when you can't see my heart, God knows my heart. And that can, that's a good thing. The see, the see is, is subtle, but it's a subtle way with harmful effects. See, subtle means something or someone is immediately uh, obvious and may be difficult to detect. They're immediately obvious and can be difficult to detect. See, thus deceit, deception, dishonesty can be in a person's heart and they can easily mislead others into discord, division, unhealthy relationships, and ultimately deceit can lead a person out of the will of God. Now, according to the scripture Jeremiah, it starts in the heart. See, notice what he says again in Jeremiah 17 and verse 9. The heart is deceitful. Is guilty of misleading others above all things and desperately wicked, incurable, uh, evil, morally wrong. Who can know it? It's difficult to fully discern and understand the heart of man. It takes an all-knowing, all-powerful, and all-present God to know and reveal what is in our hearts and what's in the heart of those around us. Many times we try to know people and know their motivation and intent by what they see or what we know about them or based on our experience. But let me say this to you. Don't even try to waste your time trying to know people like you think that in that capacity. Believe what God shows you and move forward from them. Nothing wrong with, listen, it's, it's ain't nothing wrong with you allowing God to show you somebody's heart. I was reading uh, last night in the, about David when he was first chosen to be uh, the man who he was. And when the prophet came to town and he, and he, and he pulled his father up and his father, uh, he, God had sent him here and he went and he went to this man and he said, listen, man, I didn't, God has sent me your way. I'm paraphrasing a little bit. He said, he sent me your way. And God has said that this one of your sons is going to be the next one. And so he, uh, and so the, the father bought all this, the sons, he bought all the sons except for one. All the sons except for one. But that's the one who God chose. Because you know what? God knew David's heart. In fact, in the book of Acts, the Bible says this, David is a man after my own heart. But even at that stage in his life, David was a man after God's own heart. Whew. 
That was powerful to me. Jeremiah 17 and 10 says this. I, the Lord, search the heart. Woo. Boy, you know what I'm thinking about right now. God is searching our heart. Mm. Thank you for searching my heart, God. See, don't let it intimidate you or get upset because God is searching your heart. One lesson I learned is being born again, if God is searching your heart, thank God he is because that means he's going to correct some things. He's going to make things better in your life. He's going to make your heart better. And I appreciate God doing that because I don't want a man to look at me and say, you know what, I need to do this, that, and the other because man don't know my heart like God knows my heart. So he knows what I need, when I need, and how I need it. So God searches the heart. He examines it thoroughly. He, and he tests it. He proves it and he scrutinizes the mind. And the Lord knows how to look close into our heart and our mind. And when we hear and receive knowledge and understanding of God's word, that's God searching our heart and testing our mind. That means that when he gives us a word, he knows what we need for our heart. He knows what we need. And when the Holy Spirit reveals truth to us, the truth examines our thoughts, our desires, and our inward motives. You know, the word of God is quick, powerful, sharp, and in a two-edged sword, divine, the very thought, and the intent of the heart. He knows what we need when we need it. And so it's not a bad thing that God examines your heart. You want God to examine your heart. You want God to look at your heart, and when you start doing wrong, he said, no, don't do that now. Listen, when you listen when you think about skipping prayer or skipping church or starting to do wrong, you want God to look at you and say, hey, you know better than that. You want God to examine your heart. You don't want to look as a negative. You just listen, know that God loves you enough to check you and to, and to uh, look over your heart. So in Jeremiah 17 and 10, even to give every man according to his ways or his manner of life or his habits, according to the fruit of his doings, what he practices and the deeds that he does. See, the Lord searches the heart and knows the ways of man. The Lord looks closely at our habits and our way of life, and he gives every, to every man according to his ways, according to the fruit of his doings. So what I receive is based on my, what my heart is doing, the deeds and the practices that I display. And see, our heart can have, have a great influence on our ability to move forward in God. See, our heart can be a huge factor in our ability to be productive as well as fruitful. And a heart that is full of trickery and deceit may appear to do good, but they got the wrong motives. You know, before I started looking at anybody else, sometimes I like to say, I have to examine my motives. Because I think my motives are right, but God will check my motives. Because I can smile at you, but God said, your motives ain't right. Your motives ain't right. So I have to, I say, God, we're going to check them then, because you know, you know me better than I know myself. And that's good to me. Because that means the Holy Spirit is in my life, checking my heart, checking my motives, checking my reason for doing. Why? Because he wants to bless me. See, when God gets your motives right, he can bless you in a way that eyes have not seen nor ears heard. Boy, God knows how to bless his people. And see, a heart of the seed will get its reward too, according to the fruit of its doing. A heart of God will get its reward according to the fruit of its doing. Both going to receive a word or a reward. 
but the rewards will be according to the fruit of his doing, his practices, and his deed. And it's good to know we got a heart changer and a mind regulator. Yet his name is Jesus. I'm going to tell you, put it here on the table like that. Let's go to Psalms 51 and verse 10. Psalms 51 and verse 10. Let's go there. One lesson I've learned that nobody can change your heart like God. Nobody. Nobody. Listen, as much as I love my wife, I can't change her heart. And I've learned it's better to let God change your heart than for me to try to buy flowers, try to take out the dinner, try to smooth her talking, all that kind of stuff. I, I, I better let God change your heart. Because when God changed your heart, a heart changed. So I have to learn how to, I to, learn how to step back. Because, you know, I thought I had a strong rap game back in the day, bro. Thought, 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 I thought I was the boy. I thought I was the man, boy. Thought I thought, dropped them line, boy. Bam! There it is, bro. Game, game was weak, boy. That's why I need Psalms 51 and verse 10. Psalms 51. Let's look at Psalms 51 and 10. Create in me a clean heart, O oh God. Notice what David said. God, I want you to create in me a clean heart, O oh God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Every time I get more of God's word, it brings deliverance to my heart. He's clean in my heart. The word changes me. It transforms me. The word of God is cleaning me and purifying me. The word has, the Lord has forgiven me, but the heart of man has to be changed by the only one who can change your heart, which is God. Notice what he says in the beginning of Psalms 51 and verse 10. Create in me, God, a clean heart. Shape me. Form in me a clean heart. Appear a morally right heart, O oh God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. See, the written and re re revealed word of God is changing me. It's transforming me. It's changing the way I think, the way I talk, and the way I do. The word of God is creating me a clean and a pure heart. It also is renewing in me a steadfast or fixed and established spirit. And most of us in this sanctuary can testify your heart is not the same heart when you first got saved. God has been changing you day after day. And, and notice, he's been doing it ever since you got saved. In fact, actually before you got saved. That's why you got saved because God was dealing with your heart. But then it started changing you over the years. Over the years. And see, really, if you look back two, three, four, five, eight, ten, twenty years ago, you ain't got the same heart that you did as you do today. Because why? He's, he's performing his word. His word not going to return back into him void. It was going to accomplish everything he's sending out to do. He's doing that right now. He's doing that right now. See, I believe David got it right when he asked the Lord to create a form in me, a clean or a pure heart. David knew that many of us still had to learn, especially me, that it's that my heart can be deceitful and wicked. Remember, Jeremiah said, the heart can be wicked and deceitfully wicked. It can be wicked and deceitfully wicked. I mean, wicked, just wicked. 
does he do it? By the word of God. Thank you for doing it, God. Because I, listen, you know what, what Jeremiah said? I can attest to the fact that it was true. It is true, I should say, because it happened to me. You know, you can think you're doing all right until God show you yourself. You're like, okay, Lord, you were right, God. I needed saving. My heart was, it was wicked. And I said, God, thank you for doing what you said in your word, creating me a clean heart. Because it wasn't clean. Listen, this is the thing. The enemy will trick you into thinking that your heart's clean, that you're all right the way you are. But God knows better. You can't deceive God because God knows your heart needs cleaning. Ooh, thank you, God, for cleaning our heart, Jesus. Ooh, thank you, God, for cleaning it up, God. Because it can be deceitful and desperately wicked. Deceitful and desperately wicked. It takes an all-powerful God to clean and purify this heart. When I try to do according to the word of God on my own, I can do it for a while. You ever say, I'm going to quit something, and you quit it for a little while? Deceive yourself, didn't you? <laughs> Woo! Glory! You had, listen, you had good intentions. You had good motive. You, yeah, I'm going to do it because I, I didn't stop cussing like that. Cause, Lord, I, every time I turn around, every time somebody say something to me, I had to cuss them out. I, I got to stop that, God. I gotta, I'm going to stop cussing, God. And then you ain't cussed for two weeks, boy. Ooh, two whole weeks, boy. 24 hours a day. Seven days a week, boy. Ain't cussing two weeks. And then you got down to that, that, that week break. Week three to turn that thing upside down. Because like you had a whole bunch of stuff stored up in you, boy. You let it all rip. There it is. But thanks be to God. Thanks be to God who loves us enough to shed his blood. Lord, I'm so sorry. I, I did wrong, God. Please forgive me. Create in me a clean heart. Oh, thank you for creating in me a clean heart, Lord. Thank you, God, for doing that. Pretty soon, my choices and my actions will do what's deep in me rather than what, what I want to do or think about doing. That's why it takes the Holy Ghost power to give me strength, might, ability, and instructions daily to help me to help me to do what God says rather than what I want to do. You know what he says? I meditate on your word day and night. Why? Because it's clean in my heart. He's cleaning it out. I need for God to clean my thoughts, make sure my motives are right, make sure my thinking is right. I need God to do that. I need God to do that. Now, you may not need as much as I do, but I realize if I don't have God cleaning me up daily, boy, it can be ugly. Mm, mm, mm. And you might catch me today. Why ain't had a good cleaning? I'm going to let that sink there for a moment. Might be a few days I had no good cleaning, but boy, you had catch me at that time, and what comes out won't be good. But boy, you let God clean you daily. God knows how to do it. Therefore, he sends us his word with purpose. Let's go to Isaiah 55, verse 11. I know I mentioned it, but let's go to it. Isaiah 55 and verse 11. Notice what it says. So shall my word be that goes forth, that goes forth from my mouth. 
It should not return to me void, but it should accomplish what I please, and it should prosper in the thing for which I sent it. So when God says, so shall my word, my commandments and my sayings be, that goes forth from my mouth. It should not return to me void, empty, or without effect, or without purpose, or without accomplishing what I sent it out to do. Because it's going to produce, it's going to prepare some things, it's going to have an effect on my life. And because that's what God sent it out to do. God sent his word to have an effect on our lives. And one area he wants to have an effect on is our hearts. He wants it to have an effect on our heart. So it will, it shall prosper at or advance or make progress in the thing for which he sent it. See, God's word will prepare and produce a clean heart in us. God wants us to prosper. He wants us to advance. He wants us to make progress in whatever he sends and have to do. No doubt I need God's word in my life. I need to speak his word to myself, to others, especially to the deceitful and unpure things that would try to camp out in my heart. As much as I try to make better choices, I'm still limited and getting myself to the place where God will have for me to be. See, good intentions won't get you there and keep you there. Let me say that to you again. Good intentions won't get you there and keep you there. You need God's power to help you along the way. You need him to change your heart to make things better. As the Lord changes the heart, we must guard and protect the changes. Notice, when he changes our heart, I need to guard that. I don't need to let the enemy come and snatch the changes that have been made. We have to watch over the word of God. Watch over the progress that he is making in our heart, our mind, our will, and our emotions. And as mature believers, we understand we don't watch over and protect the word that is changing our hearts. We can allow things to enter our hearts, grow in our hearts, and create issues for us as well as others. If you don't mind, turn to the book of Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 23. So we can look at that a little closer. How important it is that we guard our heart. Proverbs 4 and 23. And the Bible says this. Keep your heart with all diligence. For out of it spring the issues of life. So it says this. Keep your heart. Watch it. Guard your heart with all diligence. An act of guarding and observing what's going on around you. For out of it spring the issues of the source of the outgoing of life. How you think, how you talk, how you act comes out of your heart. So he says, guard. Because if you get the wrong things in there, whoo, I must keep watch over my innermost part of me, my inward thoughts and motives with diligence, understanding that my flesh and the enemy was, because the flesh and the enemy will seek opportunity to cause issues in my life. Marriage issues, financial issues, work issues, school issues, church issues, single life issues, issues. Issues that probably could have been avoided had I guarded the work that God sent to clean and purify my heart. I need to make a daily choice to keep watching over my heart because I never know when an enemy on my flesh is going to try and to attack my heart with pride, lust, anger, jealousy, envy, frustration, 
disappointment, resentment, and so forth. You name it, he'll try to attack. He, the Bible talks about it is, he, he's back there sending them called the wiles of the devil. He is sending them. He's just sending the shots. And whatever gets through, that's what he'll activate. Whatever gets through. If frustration gets through, that's what he'll activate. If jealousy gets through, that's what he'll activate. Whatever gets through, that's what he'll activate. And the problem is sometimes we let things get through. And we take it out on the people around us when we got to look at ourselves and say, hey, that was me right there. I allowed the enemy to get in here and cause this chaos and confusion. I did. I did this. But yet, sometimes people will take it out on who? Others. Others. Got quiet right there on that point, but that's good. Though. I'm glad you listened. I need beneficial things that reflect the character and the nature of Christ to come out of my heart. The cleaner my heart is, I will make better godly decisions. So notice, out of my life, out of me comes the issues of life. The cleaner my heart is, the cleaner the issues are going to be. Are y'all seeing that? Purify me, God. Clean my heart. Clean me up, God. So when stuff comes out, it's going to be beneficial. It's going to make things better. I, I should be. I, you should come around me, brother, and your life should be better. Because I what? I'm letting God come up. Are y'all seeing the difference there? If I get around you, my life is getting worse, getting awful and something. I mean, you know, we got to check something going on right here. Something going on right here. The cleaner my heart is, I will make better godly decisions. I recognize him because I see his word operating in me and through me. When my heart is pure, blessings begin to when my heart is pure and blessings begin to flow. Let's go to Matthew chapter 5, verse 8 to prove that. Let's go to Matthew chapter 5 and verse 8. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed, happy are the pure. No, it's pure. But who's doing the, who's doing the cleaning? God is. He knows how clean you got to be in order to get them blessings going. He knows how clean you have to be, free from corrupt desire in your heart, for they shall see or look at or behold God, and your life will never be the same when you look at God. Your life will never be the same when you look at God. I'm telling you something, you can look at the, this is the most beautiful sights in the world, but when you see God, your life will change for I've seen the Grand Canyon. I've seen a lot of different sites across the world, but nothing compares to seeing God. Isaiah put it like this, but I saw him high and lifted up. It changed Isaiah's life for the better. And when you see God, it'll change your life for the better. Eyes have not seen, nor ears heard the things that God has prepared for those that love him. God loves us. He loves us. Blessed are those Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. A man or woman who is blessed by God is happy. He is a happy man or woman. 
a particular blessed man or woman with a pure and a clean heart is gonna be happy. And happy is, happy is not filled with deceit, trickery, manipulation, envy, strife, division, fear, and so forth. As God's words continue to clean me and wash me thoroughly, I'm blessed not only that I have a promise, I'm gonna see God. I'm blessed, boy. I'm blessed. When we operate in a pure heart, we tend to be able to recognize and discern God's presence, his character, and his way of doing things. And I'm not going to say you're perfect, but you're, God's cleaning you up. And he is in charge of what you see. Get that. He's in charge. Notice we said, you're going to see him. You're going to see him. But who's going to show you him? He is. It's not going to be dependent upon me. To show you him, he's going to reveal himself to you in ways that's going to change our life for the better. Therefore, when you go after God, listen, I may not know how clean your heart is, but God will. And I can't determine how much you're going to see of God, but the more you see of God, the more your life is going to change for and as we continue to journey on this journey for Christ, we need to know that even when I make a mistake or don't do as I should, it's God's love, his grace, and his word that cleans me up. It's a blessing and a benefit to see and experience God on this earth as well as know that when I see him one day up in heaven, woo, our God will create in us a heart to do good. A heart that will bless and be a benefit to others. A heart that will produce that which is useful and beneficial and able to help and support others. See, when God creates that heart to do good, we are to get excited and energized by doing good. You ought to be happy about doing what is right according to Scripture. You ought to be happy that when you pray, oh, that's what he told me to do. Men ought to always pray and not to, not to lose heart or to faint. King James says faint. New King James says lose heart. See, when you pray, your life going to change for the better. You ought to feel good about praying. You ought to feel good about doing good. You ought to feel, it may not, you may not pray like person A or person B, but the fact, listen, I prayed today, y'all. I remember I just skipped days and prayers, but now I pray every day. Every day I pray. Every day I talk to God. Every day I talk to him and fellowship with him. When our flesh and the enemy will try to discourage us though. Even though people and will try to discourage and discredit God. Us and God. The discouragement may not happen all at once, but it began to creep in and begin to talk to us. He'll say things like, it's not working. You ain't lived long enough to it says it's not worth it. You haven't lived long enough and says, but no one says, no one appreciates me. Everything that I do, no one even tells me thank you. They don't even realize all the sacrifices that I make. Another thing they say is this, they're always asking me to do something, but when I ask to do something, they never help me. Or to give that half-hearted effort. Are you sitting around and you having this kind of party? They don't care about me. They don't care about me. If I was gone right now, would nobody even miss me? You can get in that type of mentality. You can get in that type of mentality. 
Which brings us to today's text. The enemy wants to hinder us from doing good. Forward-minded people understand that doing good is directly linked to their increase, their prosperity, and their better. Let's go back to the book of Galatians chapter 6 and verse 9. Book of Galatians chapter 6 and verse 9. Paul is encouraging the church of Galatia, and that's where we find that in Galatians, Galatians chapter 1 and verse 2, not to grow weary. So Galatians 6 and 9, and let us not grow weary. Let us not grow weary. Grow means to increase and develop in size. So weariness doesn't happen like this. It's a progress. It's a progress. The more you're walking or doing good, it's a progress. You keep going. You keep going. And the thing is, you, uh, when it comes to growing weary, many times it's subtle. You don't even, sometimes you don't even realize you get weary until you're just weary. Because you're growing into it. It doesn't, most of the time it doesn't happen overnight. In my opinion, we will be faced with the opportunity to grow weary. For some of us, we're tempted to grow weary at a faster pace than others. Some people get weary just like that. Or take a week, they're weary. But some people, they, they go for years and don't realize they're getting weary. They can be in a situation, they can be, listen, you get married, you can, you can get weary about being married. You can be in a relationship with somebody and you're just getting along to get along. You do weird, but you really you do weird. You're tired. If you go home fine, if you don't go home fine. You ain't no hurry. How about better go home? Yeah, I go home. Because I don't want to. You know, you say it yourself, but you ain't gonna say that loud. Because you know, yeah, you know, something to break loose up in there. But anyway, you get weird. You get weird with your own children. Your own child that you brought into the world, you get weary of. Now see, I've been down the road. Some of y'all have been, really, Pastor? Yes, you get weary of your own children that you brought into the world. You get weary of a good job you got. You get weary of a job you got that you ain't that good. You can still be weary of it. Got a job, got a paycheck coming, weary of it. Monday morning, you're, look, you think about if I say Monday morning now, oh God, Monday morning. <laughs> you start getting sad. Listen, it's, it ain't 12 o'clock yet, you're already sad because I think about Monday morning. You can get, so weary is not just limited to church stuff. Weariness can be your life if you not care. Unfortunately, some people have gotten weary in life and took their life. This is why you see a scripture like this is so important for us to get in our spirits. What Paul says, and let us not grow 
increase and develop in being weary, utterly spiritless, exhausted, and tired. In my experience, I've got tired and not even recognized that my physical state was affecting my mental attitude and my thoughts. In some cases, my mental attitude was affecting my physical condition. Regardless of which was influencing the others, weariness was increasing and I wanted to quit. But we all know quitting is not an option. Giving up is not an option. In my, in my particular case, I was like a car with a full tank of gas. And I kept riding and kept going and kept going. And knowing that gas like, thank y'all for the boy man that admit you haven't known the gas like before. Because I got to get somewhere. Why? My earlier days in life, my brother, I had to get there. Stop, stop for what? I got to get there. 22 hours away, I got to get there. Eight hours away, I got to get them. Ah, we get gas when we get closer. Get there, get there, get there, get there. When I, my, when I get a little older now, I stop along the way. Get gas along the way. Refresh myself a little bit along the way. But you can be riding and riding and riding, miss the low gas indicator, and run out of gas. You went by several gas station. Several, several opportunities to sit and get knowledge and understand of God's word, but was focused on what I was doing and not mindful that I needed to refresh myself. You can be in life and get, uh, get to the point where you miss the opportunities to refresh yourself. Raising your children, you still got to refresh yourself. Working wherever you work at, you got to refresh yourself. The business that you have right now, you got to refresh yourself. Relationship that you're in, you got to refresh yourself. The school that you're at, you got to refresh yourself. Wherever you are, no matter where you're at in life, I don't care what you do, how you do it, when you do it, you got to refresh yourself. He set it up just like that. Don't get weary and well doing. Work is good. We all work. Train up a child in the way he should go. We should do that. Pray without season. We should do that. We got to, someone's got blessed jobs. We should be grateful to that. But we cannot allow the enemy to take us to a place of weariness. Being utterly spiritless, exhausted, and tired. I got to be recharged. And I got to maintain a heart of doing I got to maintain the heart of doing good. Because I can lose sight of my purpose, my reason for being, why I do what I do. Because I get caught up and I get weary. You know, the enemy can paint a picture. Don't nobody appreciate you. The enemy can paint a picture. All that work you're doing and nobody even recognizes what you're doing. Listen, all the money you spent out of your pocket and then you look at somebody else to give you some money and like, whew. And you know they got it. Because they, they, they break out them fresh J's on them. <laughs> I'm sorry, they call J's still. They say call J's, okay, it's called J's. And you know them J's ain't cheap, y'all. Y'all know that, right? But yet, when, when you need a little help, can I get some gas money just to 
you can get weary. You can get weary. You can get weary. While doing good. You're preparing and you're producing good. That which is beneficial. That which we believe. Now, good is going to be defined. What does God say is good? Not what I think is good, but what does God say is good? Because everybody got a different standard of good. But we want God's standard of good. And what God says is good, we want to do that. We want to do that. I don't want to do what I think is good and then God don't say it's good. I want God's standard of good. God's standard of good. So we do good, but if we do that, the Bible says in the latter part, we shall reap if we do not lose Love the fact that we're going to reap, y'all. We're going to receive a harvest. Let me tell you something. One reason I keep on doing good because I know God going to bless me for it. I'm telling you, he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. God is a rewarder. He wants you to look for him to reward you. I want God to reward me. I like the blessings of God, which makes one rich and adds no sorrow to it. I want God, what God has for me. He promises. If we take heed to Galatians 6 and 9, we would not grow weary while doing good. For in due season, we reap if we do not lose heart. If we don't lose heart. A heart to do what is good. And people will know what's in our heart based on what comes from our lives. Let's go to Matthew chapter 12. Matthew chapter 12. Getting close to the end. Hold on. Matthew chapter 12. I hope you're getting this today. Matthew chapter 12, we'll start at verse 33. I'm going to read 33 through 35. Matthew chapter 12, verse 33 through 35. Either make the tree good and its fruit good, or else make the tree bad and its fruit bad. For a tree is known by its fruit. Brood of vipers, how can you, being evil, speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good things. And an evil man out of the evil treasure brings forth evil things. Now, when you get this particular scripture, notice what it says, either. That's up to us. We make or we produce or cause the tree to be good. Be beautiful by reason of purity of heart. And it's fruit good. Or else make the tree bad, corrupted by one, no longer fit for use, and it's fruit bad. For a tree is known by its fruit. But who's going to make it that way? We are. We are. You make it good, you make it bad. I have nothing to do with you making it good or bad. I got to make my own good. I got to make my own either good or bad. I choose to make it good. I choose to make it good. Hold on just a few minutes here. We'll close it out. Notice what it says in verse 34. Brood of vipers, how can you being evil speak good things? 
For out of the abundance that which, which has filled our heart, the mouth don't speak. That's why God, it's important that we clean up our heart. Allow the God to clean up our heart. Allow God to clean up our heart so in turn we have abundance of what God has. And when we do, we're going to bring forth that which is good. Now, 35 is interesting to me. A good man out of the good treasure, notice, a good man has good treasure. Ooh, thank God it's good treasure. Treasure is a place which good and precious things are collected and laid up. The, of his heart brings forth good things. I want you to know something else that's kind of interesting to me. An evil man out of the evil treasure brings forth evil things. So a wicked person has treasure too. But it's not good treasure. It's treasure to them though. It's treasure to them. And, and Jesus is letting us know that evil people value evil things. Why? Because the heart evil. The heart is evil. They value that. So when you see evil people doing evil things, don't be surprised by it. That's what they like to do. That's what they like to do. Now, I want to close out with two thoughts. Two thoughts. It, I believe it will help us to better understand why we must continue to maintain a heart to do good. To not get weary and to not to lose heart. Turn your Bibles with me to the book of Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 6. Hebrews 11 and verse 6. Thought number one. We must do good in faith and trust Jesus to reward us. We must do good in faith and trust Jesus to reward us. Notice Hebrews 11 and 6. But without faith it is impossible to please God, please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a reward of those who diligently seek him. But without faith, trusting in God, belief in the written and revealed word of God, it's impossible to please or satisfy him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder, one who pays for those who diligently seek him. When you diligently seek God, you can look for his reward to come in your life. Especially with a pure heart. And thought number two. Go to James 1 and 17. James 1 and 17. Jesus is the source who teaches us how to do good that he may be glorified on the earth. He is the, one, he is the source who teaches us how to do good that he may be glorified on the earth. James 1 and 17. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights, lights with whom there is no variance, variation of, or shadow of turning. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above. So good comes from God. Good comes from God. Remember, he is our standard of good. He is our standard of good. And comes down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. I must continue to maintain a heart of doing good that Jesus can be celebrated and magnified in my life. A heart to do. A heart that is doing good. A heart that is doing good.
We pray that you have been blessed and inspired by today's message. We'd love to hear from you. Please send your prayer requests and testimonies to our website at occvr.org. That's occvr.org. We would like to invite you to partner with us as we share the gospel all around the world. Just go to our website at occvr.org. Click on the Give button to give online, or you can utilize text to give Text GIVE to the number 770-692-2225. That's 770-692-2225. Join us on our YouTube channel, subscribe to our podcast, and connect with us on social media. We also invite you to join us in a live service. We're located at 3097 South Van Wert Road in Villarica, Georgia. Visit our website for more details at occvr.org. Until next time, remember, without a vision, the people perish. See you next time for more Heaven Bound with Pastor Richard D. Dobbs of Overcomers Christian Center in Villarica, Georgia.